This week on Thinking Biblically, we are going to Russia. Welcome back to Thinking Biblically. My name is Alan Gilman. Thinking Biblically is a podcast dedicated to looking at how all scripture speaks to all of life. Before I introduce this week's guest, like usual, I'd like to remind everybody to please subscribe, press the notification bell so you don't miss a single episode of Thinking Biblically. Please share and, and review and all those good things because that all really helps. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Leif Camp. Leif is a longtime American missionary working with the Lutheran Church in Russia, living in St. Petersburg. And often I do much longer uh, intros of people, but we're going to get to know Leif a little bit. Um, I've spent some time talking with him over the past couple of weeks, and uh, uh, he actually has a pretty long resume, and so we don't have time for everything, uh, but uh, let's, let's get started. Leif, tell us a little bit about yourself and what eventually led you to uh, being in Russia for so long. Well, actually, um, yeah, I started out as an English teacher. I have a master's in English, although I don't always speak as if I do. But um, then I came over as a volunteer missionary in 1995, and then I married a Russian woman, and we stayed one more year. And then I decided to go to seminary. God called me to go to seminary, went to St. Louis, studied in seminary, and I did so well at seminary, they sent us to Siberia. And uh, three years in serving as a missionary in, in Siberia, the church said there's no more money go, to go like, home. What, like, you know, there's the... Uh for us that sounds like a line out of a movie sort of thing right but could you give us a little picture of what it was like there well okay um it, it's big right yeah siberia you know there's not bears walking the street i mean i was working in Novosibirsk, which is a huge city and i was the only thing that was interesting is it's huge um and so i was responsible for work in three time zones okay um so you measure distance on how many hours you have to change on your watch not you know how long how many yeah. how many hours wow. you're driving so yeah it was it was um it was pretty interesting but then you know the church said there's no more money go home my wife was from st petersburg so we temporarily went there in 2003 and the lutheran church i was working with in the states was um you know had a partner church here the evangelical lutheran church of ingria now it gets its name from the former name of what is now the leningrad oblast um which was ingermanland it was a Swedish you know, area and Finnish Swedish. And so that's where the church kind of had its roots. And there have been congregations here since the 1600s. And Lutheranism in Russia actually came in 1640. So it's been here a long time. And uh, so, we, you know, the partner church said, hey, we can't pay you. We'd like to call you. And the partnership agreement with the church in the state said, well, we're not paying you, but they can call you. It's legitimate. So then I kind of became a pastor missionary working directly with the church here in Russia. And um, the reason I'm still here, even though most people have evacuated is because, you know, I looked at it and God called me here to spread the gospel, call people to repent, to spread the gospel. And as long as I can do that, regardless of how difficult things are, because yes, with SWIFT and all the sanctions, things are not easy. Um, okay. I'm, gonna stop, I'm just going to stop you because you covered a, actually a lot of a lot of things, and I'm trying to get yeah. better. I'm still new at this podcast thing, okay, sure. and I love making sure that our our audience understands various terminology and all the rest. Um, so, when you referenced evacuating, you're talking about during the current situation. Yes, yes. People, a lot of people, you know, because their mission organizations want to keep them safe, 
and they, there's perceived danger. And so, and I think it's a little bit exaggerated, but I have seen people get in trouble. People get in trouble here, especially foreigners, because they think you can act in Russia as you would in um, Europe or in the United States or in Canada. You, you think you have a right to a public opinion of something and that will get you in trouble. <laughs> um, and, and, and so you, you have to be, you have to understand where you are, I think at all times and what you're allowed and not allowed to do. But so the people, so, that, but, so the people that evacuated, uh, yeah. these are foreigners that decided Mostly, yeah, to leave yeah. and you're using yeah. and when i think of evacuations i think of helicopters and no, cargo no. They, planes. they evacuated through through normal through normal means i mean they, in other words they left yeah they, they left but it, it's it's officially an evacuation because it's like it wasn't a planned thing like in well in advance it was for instance i was working with with a pastor missionary from the church in the u.s who was teaching at our seminary and he got the call, you know, like Sunday night. And we had to, you know, I, we actually put him on a van and I drove him out to the border. And then he got on a bus to cross the border on, on like the, the very next, like, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, it was that quick. And so then I was left having to pack up all his apartment and all that. So, so yeah. And, and it, it's, you know, of course, people are concerned. My relatives are concerned. But right now, I mean, things are, I have Russian citizenship, so I'm here with a little different status. I mean, that has its pluses and its minuses. Um, because as a Russian citizen, they can basically keep me from leaving. I, mean, I can't leave on my American passport because in Russia, I'm a Russian. Right, right. And, and imagine... Um, yeah. The, the door to citizenship is because you're married to yes you're yes. married because to a Russian woman. Wife. She has American citizenship because I'm I'm an American because I'm a right. U.S. You got to be careful. It's really U.S. because American you, you know, Canadians are American and oh no we're my, not <laughs> oh yes you are you are in the continent of America now you know, no it, no Canadian ever says that in fact know, make but, sure but, uh, to uh, contradict it if it's yeah, ever but, said but, yeah okay well I don't want to insult anyone okay well you're you're the United States of america we're yeah. canada of, of america that doesn't make any sense yeah but, i know but but my my uh, a friend of mine father mario or you know from from argentina reminds me that he's an american too oh he likes to say that yeah, yeah. well he's definitely not canadian i can tell from here <laughs> yeah 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 we love we love americans we won't we won't get distracted as long as that. they stay south of the border i i get you yeah <laughs> But our stores are the same, and our music is almost all the same. And the you guys have what's that donut place? Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah. You guys have Hortons. We have Tim Hortons. He was a famous hockey player. I don't know how famous a hockey player, but he's more famous. He he passed away, so we need to be careful. But people love their Tim Hortons unless they hate it. But they're not. They don't go as public. They they drink that other stuff from the from from the west coast of the United States with the mermaid on the cup. Oh, let's not go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let, let's off track. yeah let's that right let's move on. So, um, so I've been working. I want to talk, talk about some of the, the some of the the um, the challenges you're facing. But can you give people an idea? Um, how does the how is the current conflict affecting your lives in St. Petersburg directly? Because you're not close to it right right we're pretty far away but um i mean the first wave of funerals of soldiers has hit and and you know from the christian's perspective you know 
uh, we pray for the families of all the people who are suffering, all the people who are suffering. And um, you don't differentiate because, I mean, they're suffering. Uh, and I think some of the people, I think, forget that there's a lot of people suffering in Russia, too, because of this. Um, and, and uh, it, you know, not to you know, blame or justify whatever. It's, you know, and so we as, as the church are called to pray for peace, pray for an end to the suffering on all sides and work, you know, work for that and pray for that as we can, and then bring the comfort of the gospel to people. Because any war, just like the, with the COVID panic-demic, the COVID thing, you know, anything, that, you know, the things that happen, these big tragedies that are beyond our control, okay, are a reminder of the sin that's around us in the world. Because God doesn't cause these things. He uses everything. but Part of the use of these things, even natural disasters, is to remind us of our mortality, to remind us of our sinfulness, and to call us to repent and return to God. This is all through the Old Testament too, with the prophets and and the the when Babylon you know attacks Israel and Judah, and it's the prophet saying, "Well, repent. This is what it's all about. This is you know." And so the sad thing is, we so often don't. We don't see it that way. You know, it's an interesting thing. I remember, you know, uh, one of the history things in 1938, um, you know, Russia attacked Finland. Um, and uh, there, there are a lot of parallels people are trying to make, but that's not what I'm trying to do. But the president of Finland at the time declared a national day of prayer fasting. Okay, I haven't seen anything like that since. But I mean, you yeah. think about that, that here's a person who understood Hey, look, we're a small country. We're facing an impossible situation. We are in the hands of God. And, it, and that's the and, very and, thing that I was, I was, that I noted about uh, the whole coronavirus thing here. I, I can't speak for the United States of America, uh, but uh, <laughs> that lack, that we've, we, how we've moved from um, very quickly from a society that had some sort of religious base to completely um, politicized and, and technocratic. We, 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 we look to technology, medical technology and so on to save us. So, you know, so we're, we're gonna have a, this solution. Some sort of mechanical invention is going to rescue us rather than realizing that we're over our heads and yeah, we need and help the from the outside. Yeah, and the statistics show that it didn't really help. Yeah. None of that really helped much. Yeah, even yeah. The yeah, so yeah, that's another issue. So, but, yeah, yeah. Not, so still, like um, you mentioned, the, um, the the funerals of of, of soldiers. Yeah. How how else are, are schools open? Are well, yeah, are I mean, you know, it, 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 it's kind of interesting. I should, uh, uh, you know, I can't send out my email anymore because I, I was using Mailchimp, and and they kind of without any warning said, oh, you're a Russian account. We're suspending you because we're supporting Ukraine. Not thinking that, oh, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm working for the church and, and praying for peace, but that's, that's their, their, it, it's, you know, whatever it is. But um, in my latest prayer letter, I start out with, you know, I woke up and it's, I woke up a week ago and you hear the spring birds singing, you know, life goes on now. Yes. There's things like, for instance, I can't, get money, you know, from, from my stateside account. I can't, um, which, you know, means I have very limited resources. I can't, um, you know, prices are going up through the roof, you know, I mean, and so, but 
and you have to be much more careful about anything you might say because uh, you know new laws about any kind of open criticism or anything you know 15 years in jail and I don't feel like I want to sit in a Russian jail so there's you know so we just avoid talking about politics but you know because there's no point to putting yourself at risk uh, for a political opinion um, and things like that so but but in the main you know life goes on here and it's just like you know if you think about in, in the states and in Canada I mean here's this 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 thing happening as with any conflict when the conflicts in Syria or in Kosovo or in Iraq, you know, people are suffering and dying, you know, on all sides and we're living our daily lives. And yeah, you know, people will post things or they get involved, but they're really, they're really not so involved as those people who are there. And I think, you know, it's a call for us to really pray. It's a call for us to understand our own sinfulness and to, you know, to also call to repent. And it's kind of surreal in a way, you know, being here because I know what's going on, but, you know, the birds are singing and, and you know, uh, except, you know, yes, you can see the effects of the sanctions and the sanctions are, you know, pushing on the people. But the, the funny thing about the sanctions is, um, you know, Russians think differently. The sanctions here just prove the dialogue that everyone's against Russia. And so we have to band together and stand up against the West because they're against us. That's what the sanctions prove. One of the, one of the things that I, I notice about the, the social climate of the past little while is, and it seemed to me it wasn't like this as much a little while ago, and it was this, this everything has to be very clearly separated into who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. Now, as even as I say that, I'm actually I'm very interested in this topic, especially because I want to know how to navigate it better. Um, I imagine World War II was similar. There were the good guys and the bad guys. And I remember reading um, a biography a biography of Bonhoeffer, and um, some of the things that they were trying to do and getting ready for when the war would end was being stymied by the Allies because they they. The Allies didn't want to give the world the impression that there were any good Germans, because <laughs> yeah. any kind of sympathy. Now I'm moving a little bit into interpretation. Any kind of sympathy towards the enemy, uh, in their minds, would end up lengthening the war. So it was important to to make sure that the enemy was demonized in the eyes of of your own side. And so maybe this is not the first time we're seeing the, this bad guys. And, and good guys think, but, but it's about everything. Like you're either on this side or on that side. There's no nuance, right? Mm. And yeah, well, yeah, and and that that that's well, that's that's it goes with any you know any. It's understandable because you can't humanize the enemy, um, and and that makes sense. But that's I mean I think I think what's more important because that's 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 nothing new, I think. But what 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 I see going on, if, if we can switch a little bit, um, because I, I see this. I mean, here we are, you know, and, and as the church, you know, we are praying. We have prayer meetings. We've added a whole lot of ministries and, and things, you know, even through COVID. I mean, the one thing that's really interesting that that all these things did for our church here was drive us into the internet. And we started a whole lot of, of ministries and outreach and reaching people. And then also diaconal work, 
helping, you know, people who were, were shut in and couldn't get, you know, food and things like that. Um, and, and in this situation too, it's, it's how do you, you know, reach people with, who are, people are scared and angry and, and at each other's throats, you know, and we have even congregations who are divided on this issue. You know, we're, we're talking about COVID now. No, well, no, we're talking about the, oh, the other, oh, the conflict. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, yeah. They're divided over the conflict, you know, who's right, who's wrong. And, 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 um, and the first thing we have to do is, is get people to, to reconcile and say, Hey, look, that's, this isn't the important issue. The important issue is your eternal life and Christ. And, and, uh, because there's no point in, in, uh, bringing that conflict know, out of, you know, making it grow, because that just grows the conflict. And we need to not let the conflict grow and get people to hate each other, because that's all the devil's work. Let's get people to hate each other. Let's get people to, to start destroying each other rather than, okay, how can we pray for peace, work for peace, hope for this, this, you know, pray that this thing ends and there can be a peaceful resolution. And then, then after that, how can we then reconcile so that this doesn't repeat itself? Right. right. I mean, and, and, you know, after, as with, after world war two, all of a sudden Germany's our ally, all of a sudden, you know, all the, all, you know, Japan is our big ally. You know, <laughs> you know the, these people who it, it's an amazing kind of turnaround, isn't it? Um, and so I think, you know, this is something to keep in mind, but, what, what I keep remembering, you know, I, mean, I, I go back, I mean, you, know, you think about how things are and, you know, the, the Christian worldview or the, the, even, you know, the values of, you know, Christianity, um, because in the current society, you, know, you see that people are starting to define religion as what? What do they define religion as now? Worship. Are, are you, okay, I was wondering if you're asking. Were you asking me? <laughs> I was asking. <laughs> this is a test. Yeah, yeah, a test. Yeah, but but and it, and it reminds me of something because it reminds me like because one of the places I, I I work at what is the oldest Lutheran and Protestant church building in Saint Petersburg. It was built in 1739, Saint Anne's. It was a German-speaking congregation, and after the revolution, it became the seminary. All the students and professors either had to flee or were martyred at some point, all the graduates, um, but not right away. Okay. It became the seminary in like 1920 and it was closed in, I think, 1934. And the final, the final public worship, Lutheran public worship was 1938. Okay. So the, the persecution, people don't understand that when communism came to power, after the the October Revolution, and when they finally you know finished all the stuff by 1922 or something, they they kind of took control. The persecution didn't start right away. In fact, the churches actually felt pretty good because up until that time, Protestant churches had to do services only in the native language of their Protestant groups. They couldn't do services in Russian because that was the territory of the Russian Orthodox. But as soon as the, the revolution came, they could do services. And so we Lutherans right away did services in Russian and people came and it was, uh, they thought, this is a great thing. But the first thing then that the Russians did was two things that the communists did. The first thing they did was redefine religion as worship so that they took away all schools, took away all social work, took away you know anything, and you were allowed just to worship. You had freedom of worship. 
Yeah, so when you say freedom. when you say take away, so the schools were run by the church, uh, hospitals were yeah. run by the church, that yeah. sort of thing. And a home for fallen. Well, Saint Anne's had two schools: a home for fallen women, uh, and you know, and then there were orphanages and other things. That right. So then the government takes over all those yes. social services. That kind right. of sounds like like North America. Well, and, and and then what's more is you define religion as worship, so you have freedom of worship, but. You can't live your life by those values anymore. You have to live by now the state values. So, so, so um, religion becomes defined as something very, very narrow and yeah, separate. Yeah, it's, it's ritual. It's not your life, yeah. right? So it's separate from the public square, right? Which is actually yeah. the that that that's what secularism is all about. It's the separation of the spiritual things from life. Yeah, and right. and, and if we want to talk about the Bible. You know, this is the issue. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, right, that the Israelites were fulfilling all the sacrifices you know, in the temple. They do their record, but then they were living their lives another way. And that's what got them in trouble with God, mm -hmm. right? That's why, because it's like, hey, I want mercy, not sacrifice. No, oh, now, wait a second, though. So we went from the government takes over social services and thus separates spiritual life from the, from the public square to the Israelites... Yeah, we, in in the Old well, Testament, the, how we... here, here's the connection, Alan. Okay, you don't even know where because I'm going. Government... Or maybe you do. <laughs> I know where I'm going. Oh, you know because... where you're going. Do you know where I'm going? No, I don't know where you're going. Go yeah. Finish. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just so on one hand we have the government the taking over, taking over, and then and people are somehow going along with it. Then we have a situation where people are doing their religious rituals, but then they go off and just, in a sense, happily live like like the world does. So yeah. how are those? I can but see how they're see sort of parallel, but they're not. Yeah. But they are. Well, they are because it's it's when we as Christians cease living our lives daily in Christ, when we cease doing that, then it's very easy for the government to do this other thing and define. Okay, so whichever way, whatever the order is, whichever the order is, it's the same. Yeah, I, it's I don't secular, think it's, it's a secular I don't think life. It's a and, I don't think it's a cause and effect. I think it's a parallel thing. Okay, so it's a, it's a secular life where uh, th the things of God become disconnected from uh, the rest of life. And so, yeah, my daily life. And so then when the government starts refining, really, redefining religion as worship and freedom of religious worship, nobody really squeaks because at first they don't realize it's going to affect their lives. But you're you're not you're not implying that life in North America is parallel to uh, uh, life under communism, are you? Um, maybe. Maybe or I, for I mean, sure. I, well, I'm not going to. I think I think I think people should look around them and think of their own. I mean, I think the question is not that. Okay, because we we can make those. But I think the question, the serious question, is then: Okay, are we as Christians living our daily lives in the Word and and by the Word? I mean, what's the name of your podcast? Thinking Biblically. Okay. And are we daily? When I make a decision, do I make a decision really in prayer and, and thinking of Scripture? Um, you know, I think it was it was either Phillips or Laubach. I think it was Phillips who, who started saying, you know, who wrote, Your God is Too Small, I think. but And, and did the, trans, the Phillips uh, mm -hmm. kind of paraphrase version. But one of the things I think he said, I, I may have this wrong, but somebody I read who's a famous guy like this, a famous Christian guy, said he even got to the point where praying about what to eat for breakfast. He said, you know, I'm going to talk to God about every decision 
And I thought, you know, that's really what it is. But people make, I've heard people make fun of that sort of thing. Like you don't no, ask God what to wear in the morning, do you? They say. Well, you know, I, I think maybe I'm looking at some, what some people wear, maybe they should. Oh, good point. <laughs> now, you know, Paul did say pray without ceasing, which I think, right, yes. I think in the original Greek, it means don't stop praying. Yeah. Which well, means yeah, and pray I think, all the time. I think, yeah. And, and, and the one thing that, that I think as believers we can develop is an ongoing dialogue with God throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what it means to pray without ceasing, where God is in my thoughts. And yes, when I'm thinking, okay, you know, do, do I have another beer or not? You know, do I, do I even do I have a beer? You know, do I, do I ask God, hey, God, you know, what do you think? <laughs> but you know, or, for some people, some people can take that sort of approach and they become like little little temples. And in a sense, we are little temples because you know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, right. But we kind of go through life in this little protected spiritual shell, tr- uh, trying to behave ourselves so we don't get in trouble and we don't say anything really. And then, so then we finally can get back to our clusters with, with other believers and we feel you know, at home and we could sing and, and, and pray out loud maybe and read the Bible out loud. And then we go back out in, into, the, into the world, whether it be the world of, of, of communism or the world of 21st century North America. And we just kind of try to keep ourselves in our, you know, protecting our little shells. But is, is that, if we pray without ceasing, is that, is that what the result is going to be? Well, I hope not. Um, and, and I think, you know, on one hand, I do think the church needs to be an island to strengthen people so that they can walk out into the world and try to live their faith. Because And it's getting harder and harder. It is getting harder and harder because of the secularism that's growing. And we are called to be salt, right, of the earth, light and the darkness. And the darkness is certainly growing. And we want to do this. You know, there, you know there's a lot of verses. We don't want to offend. So how do I do this? How do I speak speak the truth without offense? How do I live my life without? I mean, there are certain things, you know, the the, you know, the stone of stumbling. There are certain things just because I'm a Christian, people are going to be offended. Um, you know, they're going to think all kinds of things. Before I was a pastor, it was easy. I could say I'm a struggling Christian. You know, I, I believe, but I have trouble living. But and people, it would open up great dialogues. You know, but now if I would say that, it would, but you're a pastor, <laughs> I, have, I have to be a little bit more. Uh, sure of myself. Um, but I think, you know, when we pray and are in prayer, God opens doors for us to witness. He strengthens us. And yes, sometimes, you know, it's best to shut up and listen and to figure out, you know, what God, what do you want me to do? And to pray about that because, and, but I do think that the idea, one of the things for church, especially now is not to circle the wagons, but to be a safe place where we can come and get nurtured and grow so we can go out to the front. I mean, this is the, you know, the R&R area because, <laughs> you know, and, and we're we talking to, about, we're not talking about the current conflict. We talk about the, front no, no, we're talking, I'm talking about the front uh, of the daily life where we're, cause it's the spiritual battle is in our hearts and in the world around us, not, a, you know, where, um, how do we live as lights and how do I do this? And, and you know, Again, you know, when you see the things that happen, how do I react as a Christian to COVID? How do I react as a Christian to people who are arguing about these political issues? And, and you know, people who are even beating people up. I mean, people are beating people up over this. I'm for peace. <laughs> <laughs> you 
<laughs> Sorry to chuckle, that, but you were being funny, but it's terrible. Yeah, it is. It is, but it, it, it's kind of funny. I'm for peace, and they and they beat people up, or, or yeah, it, it's or like you know, and, and I'm so, I'm a pro life person, but you know, people who are I'm pro life, and so I'm going to blow up an abortion clinic. It's like, wait a minute, you're you're yeah, killing we, people, you know. No, it, it, bad. That's a bad idea. Uh, yeah. I, I, we talked about earlier people in, in in your experience in congregations where you are, and where you want. The, the gathering of believers to be this wonderful expression of commonality and focus on the right things. Are there not people, though, who are directly affected by what's going on? They might have relatives. Yes. In fact, I would say I would say, there's a lot of people who have relatives. We have we, we have even some of our pastors have relatives who who are in the Ukraine, and I would say on both sides of the issue. <laughs> I mean, some some of the relatives who who have actually, because they're Russian, suffered persecution at the hand of Ukrainians. I mean, there is some of that going. There was some of that going on. I mean, that's that's and um, and and so then others who who now are are in those cities that are being un, under attack, and so and and they're really torn apart. I mean, because. You know, on both sides of this issue, because their family is suffering and and friends are suffering, and there's a lot of connections. But I mean, imagine if you will, um, it'd be horrible to think about this. If you know, Canada decided to to have a special operation against Minnesota because, well, they all say a there too, and let's you know, they're being made fun. They of. do, yeah. In Minnesota, they say a. Yeah, they. Do. I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. Okay, let let's they move do. on. Yeah, yeah. Really distracted. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, and so, and, and then all of a sudden, but, but think about the close ties between our two countries, mm-hmm. and how many people have immigrated back and forth, and how many people have dual citizenship, and all this kind of stuff. It's you know, and the languages are very similar. I mean, there's some difference, a eh, you know, um, <laughs> and some difference in pronunciation, mm-hmm. but th- they're very close. But as you know, in Canada, there's a lot of Canadians who would never want to be part of the U.S. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. they would they would that's, fight. They would fight. The last, mm-hmm. They would fight to the last drop not to be. Mm-hmm. OK. And that's what you have in the situation between Russia and Ukraine. You have these these people who, on one hand, very similar in, in culture. But on the other hand, you have those who. So, so I mean, imagine and how how horrible that would be for everyone on both sides. Right. And and so before you go, uh, I'm not trying to end this yet, but uh, we are going to talk about how best to pray for the situation. But before we get there, back to the question, then um, you have people in these congregations where you are their their division. It's not just an opinion about something. They're they're directly affected with by relatives and, and other things. And, and then and families so who have who have soldiers in the army and the, the kids who are right. families with kids who are going to be conscripted because it's the annual draft. I mean, everyone serves a year in the army. I mean, that's and and the draft people are making a big thing in the way. It's the normal draft. It's not that these people are being drafted to send them to the Ukraine. They're just being drafted. Right. It's the usual thing. Right. So when we talk about how what uh, a congregation of loving believers should look like, you're not saying we should just be in a circle and and in Russian sing kumbaya. I guess you'd still sing kumbaya because that's it's not English. But uh, you're not saying that 
kumbaya is the is the answer are you no i think the answer is what we 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 first change the focus i mean how do i respond to aggression i respond to aggression as a christian with peace right i respond so when um i respond to anxiousness with calmness i respond to evil with good and i love my neighbor i forgive my neighbor and i understand that that even if we have different political opinions we have a oneness in christ and faith because christ is our lord and, and savior and um, regardless of the outcome of what's going to happen and, and you know things, whatever goes on, this is where our hope and everything is centered. And this is where, and it's amazing when, when people, you know, and you say this isn't something, and we don't, so we, we avoid, in a sense, what we, we consciously say, this is not something we're going to argue about in the church. You know, and, and this is not something that we're going to allow to be, you know, these kind of fights to go on in the church. You know, this divisiveness, because the divisiveness is from Satan. And so where do we look to? We look to Christ and we say, okay, you know, and then you look to the overall suffering. You pray for that. And before people would pray, I would say they should, they should read a, a great secularist, Mark Twain in the war prayer. You can probably get it on. You know, it'll teach you how to pray about war. If you, yep. if you read it yep you had me um, read it read it uh at which i did yeah. it's a, a reminder that you know everyone is is uh yeah. god's creature and, and needs to be seen yeah. through that light yeah and and, and i think um so because i mean i pray because i mean I, I i see people and and although we haven't had any members yet that i know of in saint petersburg who've had funerals for any of our people but there have been many orthodox already funerals and you know mothers are grieving wives are grieving children are grieving and it doesn't matter what nationality you are and it doesn't matter right. who you want to blame you know the, the grief of these people is is real and and god is there and um I think when we pray, we of course want to pray for peace. We want to pray for a peaceful resolution of this, that diplomacy can work with. We certainly want to pray that things don't escalate. Do, do you, you think know? there's any room to have the discussion without the animosity? Um, I, it, I think that depends on, on the individuals. And I think it depends on if you, you know, you, you, if you can get past the emotions that are involved, see people are so you know very emotionally. If it's my friends and and you know you understand if, if one person okay one person their friend has been persecuted by by you know Ukraine nationalists because they're Russian, okay. Another person has has their relatives who are being bombed in Kiev, and these people people meet, <laughs> and the emotion of one is bah! you know mm -hmm. you know the, you know and the emotions of the other is bah! And, and so until you can calm down that emotion and understand that, oh, there's suffering on all sides. And, and because it's like, this is all a result of the sin that, that's in us. And again, if we remember that and then called to repent of our own sin, right? And called to repent and, and then to love our enemies and to, you know, do good to those who, who hate us and whatever else, uh, then all of a sudden that does switch because our minds are no longer in that emotional state where you know we're, we're thinking about different things we're thinking about oh here's a person who disagrees with me but who christ loves and died for mm -hmm. i mean this is how we got to look we look at everyone this is someone who christ died for 
I mean, and, and I have an accent, right? And so, and so I can walk in the streets and sometimes people hear my accent and they get, get mad at me. Some, some aren't. And there's this, and this has nothing to do with what's going on. It, you know, it's, it's happens periodically, you know? Um, and I've learned, I, I just respond, you know, humbly and, and kindly, and, and I can make a joke about some things if I can, and that usually diffuses it. I don't get upset about it because I understand, you know, this is a person and I don't care how big a jerk this other person might be to me. This is a person who, who, the more they're a jerk, the more I know they need Christ. And, and not that I can, not that I don't sometimes forget. I mean, I'm a human and I can snap back. But I always say, you know, it's really interesting. The other thing, you know, to put this, you know, we, we, we learn as Christians to turn the other cheek and respond to evil with good. Try that at home with your wife the next time she. It's like, oh, you know, because you know, you know, we're very good out here, but at home, so, I don't know. <laughs> and actually, the reason why it's more difficult with our spouses is because we think we understand them. And our expectations are that much higher. So then our, our demands towards one another are higher. And uh, I had a good friend, um, psychologist, and uh, Rod Wilson, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about this new book that he wrote, and it's these, what he calls these three sacred sayings, um, and uh, one, it's a uh, thank you, I'm sorry, and tell me more is what the book's all about. It's it's yeah. it's 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 uh, surprisingly deep, and the the one that really struck me the most was the tell me more. And that how much that is missing. We, like, we're missing gratitude. We're missing uh, forgiveness and, and saying I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. And they're so important. But the tell me more is the if we're committed to that, it means we as, begin to assume I don't really know this other person. I might well, think I do. Yeah. And what you know. And so to answer my question about isn't there room to talk about this? Is it seems that uh, wouldn't it be better? If each of us, whether in your situation or other situations that we face, we would take more time to find out why that person is upset. Yeah, and, well, I think, so that I we're think not, it, yeah. less well, talk, more listening. <laughs> um, and, 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 but again, again, if, if I, with my friends, and especially I, I would say, you know, one thing I've learned in, in marriage counseling is to, to really teach married people to respond to evil with good. Now, imagine a fight. You come home from your work, work and you're kind of tired and your wife snaps at you. And what do you do? You snap back. But what if you responded to that snap with good? All of a sudden, the, the situation that it, it, you know is diffused. It, it doesn't, you know, it's diffused. Um, or the same thing if she would, you come home and, you know, you're kicking the dog and whatever because you're just upset. And, and and she, you know, responds to that with good. All of a sudden, you're, whew, I mean, it, it, it does work. And, and, uh, especially at home and especially, but with friends and the same thing with, with, yeah, listening, hearing someone out and not wanting to correct them because, you know, it, it's an emotional thing, but part of the, part of the difficulty here, you know, is, is that, you know, certain things because of the situation and because there's a party line, we, we really can't necessarily talk about them freely anymore, which is understandable given, you know, what the government might be worried about, I suppose. Um, it's not understandable from a Western situation, but I, I, I see, you know, from, from the, the Russian mindset, you know, people are used to this. They grew many, the people who are, who grew up under communism understand exactly now how to behave. Now, given, given that sort of thing, 
do you worry about how things are have been developing or um <laughs> you want to call it in north america what are you what are um, you seeing what are you seeing well, here been, we touched I've been on living a little here. bit so I've been living here for 20 years now. I mean, I've been here all told 22 straight and then two years plus two years. I was here 95 through 97. Have you traveled so, back? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I get back. Well, I don't know when I'll get back now, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I was back last April, um, a, a year, yeah, a year ago, April. So a year ago to get my, to get to renew a passport. And the COVID stuff. And, and I did see some of that. And it's interesting how different states were because I was in a border town between Oregon and Idaho and Oregon being on one side of the fence. And so you cross the street and have to wear a mask and gloves, whereas across the street, and you know, in, in the Idaho, you don't have to. And you cross they the had street. And gloves? Well, they were doing there. Because well, Ontario, Ontario, where I live, has been one of the most restrictive regions COVID-wise. But... They actually mandated gloves. No, no, sorry, they didn't. I, 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 okay. they, they, they did that here. I'm sorry, I kind of got confused. No, oh, but okay. I had to wear a mask. So I crossed the street and have to wear a mask. Okay, okay. Yeah, and and, and I found that rather rather interesting. You know, <laughs> um, and just you know to see how yeah how invasive some of these things really were, but also with you know personally. So you know it's this this pushing people against their will to take. In, you know, to take uh, the the inoculations, the the vaccine, um, which you know, unfortunately, you know, it's one thing if it were a proven vaccine, but it's not really. It's all experimental, and so you can understand why some people are nervous, <laughs> and but people just you know on both sides of that fence too arguing. It's it's the same kind of thing. We argue about these things, and we don't really know all the facts, do we? You know, well, what'll be interesting to see is if YouTube tags my uh, my my video now because of what you just said because obviously this has not been the main thing we've been talking about today but i'll be interesting to see if if oh, they well, catch can always, that you can always edit it out then i could but i'd rather see if youtube tags it <laughs> well but and, but the thing is yeah the thing well and, and so again um i think we, we you know as christians if we live in prayer and that constant dialogue and do our daily lives like this and when we run into people who are aggressive we, we remember to respond with good and um, on whatever these issues are, because we can point to, we can get all caught up in this momentary issue, right? But what's the real issue? The real issue is the gospel and the salvation of people's souls. The real issue is eternal life and, and someone's soul. So whatever their opinion is of COVID or, or the special operation in Ukraine, what is their need? Well, their, their immediate need is that someone respects their point of view and listens to their point of view, but their real need is that you know, that they come to realize what salvation is all about and that all these evil things that they're dealing with in this world, there's a cure for that in, in Christ, that there, there is something for that. And, and I think in the church, we've been fairly successful in, in when, you know, to, to keep, to keep uh, the politics out of the church. Um, and not that they're ignored, but we pray. When we pray, we pray for all people. You know, what is it, you know, part of our liturgy, because we do liturgy, is, you know, the common prayer starts with this invitation. Let us pray for all people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. But then, and, then there's, and, of course, if we're going to pray a prayer like that, we need to be concerned for the needs of people. Right, yeah. And sometimes yeah. the the 
what's happening in society is getting in the way of effectively serving people. So it's not simply uh, the spiritual life isn't simply learning to be content in our spiritual bubble, right. right? But somehow to find how to live out our callings in yes. what could be a, a very difficult and challenging social situation. And, and again, again, through prayer, because I think sometimes, you know, I mean, um, you know, Luther in the Magdeburg debates, debates talks about the levels of tyranny, right? And, and how do you respond? You know, and there, there are certain level where you you just bear it because, <laughs> as Christians, there are things that we bear. I mean, all author all authority is from God, um, and if it's abused, God will those people will answer. It's not that all abusive authority; it's just all authority is from God, right? Um, Jesus says to Pilate, "You have no authority over me if it wasn't given to you from my Father." Now, Pilate uses that authority to crucify an innocent man. That's an abuse of authority. It, it wasn't, you know. So, but. Um, so we see this kind of thing. The authorities will answer to God for, for whether they use it godly or otherwise. But all and, and there's also a sense God. in which in which uh, Jesus was in complete control of that situation. Yes, uh, yes, yes. So it wasn't it wasn't a, a big oh no everything's finished because right. the authority right. that God's given Pilate is going is running amok. Yeah, we're right, and and, yeah, and yeah. so the, the the point is that that when you understand that. You know, there's a certain part where as Christians, well, okay, if the authority is running a little bit of muck, we bear it. And, and the, you know, I don't know, you know, I have, I have to reread that because it's a good thing about how to respond, how Christians respond to tyranny. Um, and, and there is a point where you start to speak out. When you see people suffering and your speaking out will make a difference. You know, some people, you know, have been pushing our church to make a public statement one way or the other. Okay on the special operation. Um, and we're sticking right now, and it might get us in trouble because, I mean, we're being pushed from both sides, right? Um, we're praying for all people, we're praying for peace, and we're praying for the conflict to reach a peaceful conclusion, the sooner the better. Um, there are actually five positions, right? The one is people are supporting, in Russia, there are five positions. People are supporting the regime 100%. People are supporting but thinking it was a mistake people are praying for peace and not taking and not publicly taking a position people are somewhat against it and people are totally against it um there have been published a, you know, a list of religious leaders who who are taking these positions and we're in the third column <laughs> um but of course the only legal column is the first column so we're already in in, in a little bit of a you know gray area but we're sticking to that because we. This is the the, the thing. We, you know, God knows. God is in charge, and um, what we know is people are suffering and on all sides. And we need. We want to pray for this to reach a you know an end, and that peace and reconciliation can begin. You know, that once the peace is established, that reconciliation can begin, and, and what what that will look like, and and who knows. But I think it's very hard when you're being pushed and and. You know there are legal ramifications when when we, you know, when we don't take a side um, already. But it, it, it's a point of, um, you know, again we, we we trust God. But there is a point where maybe you know there is a point when tyranny progresses where where you see that you know, for instance, um, Bonhoeffer in Germany when they started 
arresting the Jews, and the whole point was they could not go to the churches anymore. They were they could not attend the church. They couldn't be pastors, and that's when you know Bonhoeffer and the confessional they stated a they stated what they call a status of confession, and that means if you agree to this, you're no longer church. If you agree, because now it's it's gone to a point where we have to say something. And, you know, and, and it progresses because it's like now we have to say something that, for instance, if 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 someone would say, well, this particular people group is no longer, you know, they, they all need to be arrested and deported. Well, then we would have to stand up and say no. no. And, and, and 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 the interesting thing is, and this is also biblical, when we stand up, we face the consequences. I mean, right. I, I think of I, I've just been reading. I just finished reading Daniel. <laughs> and you know, I mean, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, right? They, they, well, yeah, if God can save us, if He doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. I mean, they, they were expecting to fry or bake or whatever. And Daniel too, you know, he he his gets thrown in. Darius throws him in the lions, then prays. I hope that your God can save you. I know that He can. Um, but you know, Daniel isn't going to back down from praying three times a day. You know? I still want to know why Daniel decided to pray in front of the open window. And I don't think we're going to answer that, but that, that one's an interesting one to me that, uh, he, it looks like he went public on purpose, which we're not advising people to do necessarily. No, well, I, you know, again, I think Daniel was a prophet, and I think you know, it, 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 it's again, if you're if you're in prayer and, and you know what you're supposed to do, you, you you do it. God does direct us, and I, I do believe that. Sometimes we don't want to listen. <laughs> well, it's a huge thing. Is it's a huge point. It's so simple, and it's it's speaking to me as well because I've been so concerned about quote unquote what's going on. And now with what's going on where you're living, it's it's very distressful. And it's so easy to, you know, I call this thinking biblically, and and I could have a tendency to 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 do it all in my head and think that's where all the solutions are going to be found. But we do need to be soaked in prayer. We do need to pray right. without ceasing, and we need to be getting our thinking biblically. Uh, and and, and, and I'll tell you, I think the, the big thing, okay, it, it, the big thing actually is get involved with the people right around you. I mean, you know, you you can get you know these like here, you know, there are certain demonstrations and stuff, and they 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 come to no good. I mean, speaking out here would just get you in jail if you're against it, and and there's no point, you know, to to risking that kind of thing. But to to get involved with your your those people around you to show them Christ's love and to in their anxiousness and their fear, um, because this is where you can make a difference and where they will come to know Christ through you. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, um, to carry flags and to, you know, to shut down accounts and stuff, <laughs> big heroic stuff. Um, you know, but, <laughs> but what are you doing that, 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 you know, because on the last day, I mean, I remember, you know, I used to say this when I, I had this idea when I was a kid, you know, you think about the last day and, Christ is separating the sheep from the goats. And one of the people who goes off with the goats looks at me and says, Leif, why didn't you tell me? Hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so, you know, it, it's something that, that we, we have and, and not to hit people over the head with, you know, I'm not a very aggressive missionary. I'm always ready to witness and I'm always ready to talk, but, 
I don't necessarily confront people with the gospel, confront them. I, mm. I, I let them, because especially I'm a pastor and, and they, they figure this out right away, they, they will start asking questions. But when you attack people with your faith, sometimes it's, it puts them off. And when you don't, they go, oh, here's someone I can talk to. Right. Yeah. So now we've already um, touched on this a little bit, but um, we're about to wrap up. But okay. I'd like to leave people with what's Leif's camp suggestion on how to pray for the conflict. Uh, very simply, we pray for it doesn't escalate because I pray that a peaceful, you know, that peace and that it can be solved and that then that then reconciliation can begin. I think on all sides, we need to pray for peace on all sides because, uh, you know, it, it's not as if, if there's not aggression on both sides. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I'm not free to make an opinion on, on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, pray for both sides. Yes, yes. And, Everyone and, and, equally uh, needs needs God's yeah, help, and, needs God's and, love, and, needs the Lord. And, and to pray, and to pray more so that through this, people do start to think about you know their eternal souls, because mm-hmm. this is what's most important. That God used this to truly bring this about. That. And for, and for the church here, you know, because where where the sanctions have really hit us um, and hit me personally, because you know I have I have an account in, in the states that I can't access money, so I have no money, you know, that I can access, uh, you know, except for you know. So and the church too, because we have supporters like supporting our seminary, we have, and uh, you know, um, through through Finland, there's there's ways people can support, but we can't get that money. Um, and we're going to do the, the, my vision of the Ingrian Lutheran church here. I always say it's, you have this, you know, well, you have to understand that Lutherans here have Lutheran persecution. They live through it. They know what it's like. And so it's really funny. The attitude here is it doesn't matter. Full speed ahead, COVID full speed ahead, this full speed ahead, but we don't have time not to preach the gospel. We don't have time to take it easy um, because they've lived through it back in, in the 20s and 30s, and there are still people who remember that. Um, but my my view of the, my vision of the church is you have this tanker going through the ocean, one wave away from sinking, but going full speed ahead. <laughs> we're, we, 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 you know, we're going to preach the gospel until we sink. And, you know. Wow. <laughs> now, you've already alluded to how without me asking how can people pray for you personally there is the financial thing that you mentioned yeah. is there anything else uh how people can pray for you and your wife well just just that again again that that god you know keep keep us and strengthen our, our faith and yeah i mean and, and yeah because it it's my decision to stay here you know with all this with everyone kind of you know jump and ship it, it's not an easy one but it came down to a very simple well, I can still do what God called me here to do. And until I, as long as I can still do that. And I do talk to the, you know, we have a, a, a bishop, you know, and he's a good friend of mine too. Uh, we just elected a new one a couple of years ago. So, uh, and I ask him, you know, if, if my being here is a liability, you know, but as long as I'm useful to the church, I, I will stay. And as long as it's, as long as it's something that's beneficial, because it could be in, you know, I, I don't see how, but it could be that, 
somehow if, if things escalate, then that, that I have American citizenship too, or U.S. citizenship too, would, would be, uh, I'd like to get Canadian citizenship. That'd be cool. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to start by coming to visit. Yeah. Well, I've I come to visit. I, I get out to Alberta and, and I get out to Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, I have, you know, well, our mutual friend, Bart, you know, is, is, that's how we connected. So, right. Um, Thanks. So, Bart. <laughs> yes. And, and so, yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what was, but yeah, so it, it's, it, if, if I'd become a liability, then it would be time right. to try to go. But And if people want to right get right. in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, probably via email. Um, at, at, at LZK camp, all small letters and LZK camp as an army at, you know, gmail.com. You can use the Gmail address. Right. And I'll, I'll make sure that's in the, uh, the description of the video. Well, Leif, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. Well, blessings to you. And again, you know, thinking biblically means living biblically, not just, you know, and I think this is, and applying it to, to, I mean, applying it to our daily relationships with people right around us. I mean, I think that's where we become salt of the world. Yeah. Good reminder. Thank you so much. So I'd like to remind everyone, you can get in touch with Leif Camp at LZ or ZK Camp. So L-Z-K-C-A-M-P at gmail.com. But uh, Leif asked me to remind everyone to please not send him any political questions and discuss political issues when you contact him. And the email address will be in the description below. If you have, if you have any questions to, for me, you can always email me at comments at thinkingbiblically.org. Okay, and so until next time, this is Alan Gilman with Thinking Biblically.